Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. With me this week is just Todd Schomburg. Hey, Max. How are you doing? And Max Garvey. Pretty pretty small crew this week, huh? Yeah, just me and you. Just me and you. All right, and today we are going to give you a little GDU update, uh, an ag history minute about the Agriculture Adjustment Act, and lastly, we're going to talk about corn picking. Yeah, we got a new segment. So new, with the new segment alert. Yep, the dynamic duo. Hit, hit the horn, Todd, yeah, the new segment alert. New segment alert. All right, but yeah, the... The dynamic duo, we're going to try something a little different today at the end. So, yeah, there's the news. There it is. Perfect. So, Todd, what do you think about your box, man? We made the finals. That's awesome. And then we're down 0-2 at the time of recording, so... We call this over the hump because we made the finals, but I feel like we have a championship team, and this was our year. I mean, we had a lot of things go right for us, so... We gotta gotta find a way to get through this. It's hard when you're down o two because a lot of things looked promising in both those games, and I didn't watch all of both. Of them. I listened to some, watched parts, but what I did watch, it just looked like we weren't ready yet in the first game at all. And it was an away game at Phoenix. They were ready. They were making shots, and we weren't. And then game two, Giannis is on fire. I mean, he's making like he broke a record in the third quarter for most points scored since Michael Jordan. Yep. And we still could, and and we lost ground in that quarter. Yeah. I wonder how much better off we would be with Dante Divincenzo right now. Um, You're right if he wasn't hurt. But at the same time, you know, if if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, are we even here? Or do right. We get cooked by the Nets. So we're lucky we haven't had more injury. I mean, even Giannis is that he's playing again yep. is amazing that he didn't get hurt worse but it does it does sit in the back of my head like man DiVincenzo right now would probably be pretty clutch to have just to play with I mean, I mean Suns run a really small lineup a lot of guards on the floor right. so be nice to have another well, look guard at how often there. we got Connaughton out there to try to run with him and he he's so scrappy but he's like still he's a step behind yeah it's like it's like he's saving a ball to the wrong guy yeah and he's doing yeah he's just his heart's all there well, but Con- I think to me, Connaughton's place in the NBA is a spark plug off the bench, not 34 minutes in the NBA Finals. Yeah. So I, I love Pat Connaughton. He's one of my favorite players, but he played a lot of minutes last night against you know Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, Michael Bridges. Like those guys are really good. So yeah, I guess. Uh, and we need our main, our other big two to step up of Middleton and Holiday. I yeah, mean, they they just 12 of 32 last night was not good enough from those guys. So. We need that's six shots each that they made. Like we got to be better than that. With the you're a big three, your max contract kind of guy is we got to be a little better than that. So, so go Bucks Sunday night play game three, a win there, in, in another Milwaukee. yeah, another win at home. Yep, we'll be back and then in it's Milwaukee. two two, and then we'll see. Yeah, it'd be nice to steal one out of the first two in uh, Phoenix. It would have been nice, but you know, do what you can, I guess. I think they're going to be fired up, so they'll pull. They'll at least win one of these, and then we'll feel a little bit better. It's actually really my friend Wayne. It's his fault that we lost last night. Oh, what did Wayne was, do? He, Dang it, Wayne. They have not lost when Wayne is in the Deer District. <laughs> and, he didn't go down, and he, and he was supposed to go last night and get us our road win, and he did, forgot. So he actually how do you forgot? He like, didn't forget. You don't he, forget. Okay. he had a few beverages with his dinner, and all he right. didn't quite make it there. So. Wayne, it's on you, man. Have you gone down there at all? I have Max? not. It's it, been, it looks pretty. I have a, it's, I have a buddy who's uh, working out of town construction in Racine, so he's oh, been going nice. a lot. He said it's it's been a lot of fun. So cool. I got actually a couple of buddies that live in Milwaukee, and they're 
they've been going a lot and they're like I mean they're getting 15,000 awesome. fans outside watching. Yeah, I got a shot at some tickets for Sunday night and I'm trying to decide Aww. if I really want them or not. Uh, it's a lot of money <laughs> to go. <laughs> it's a lot of money to go. But the other hard part you always, when especially when you're your age and young, like the chances of the Bucks getting to this point again like are like Badgers when they were in the national championship for basketball. Like that's the time you got it. You're never going to see that again in our yeah. life. And they lost, so I'm kind of glad I didn't go to that. It would have hurt. But going and when they win, or it's so awesome that it's pretty cool. But they're yeah, they're expensive. They're well, it's like I think I'll probably have the same chance if they would go to you know game six and stuff right. like that. So a game six would be cooler. Actually, think of the Deer District if they do make it to away game seven and somehow win that or it'd just be crazy i mean you do have to lose twice to have bucks and six so is that sure go oh row. yeah good luck with that i don't, I don't four in a row is a lot i think the only way now we win is in the full seven but yeah it's gonna be hard to not not play seven games but hey there's nothing to save it for now right you got seven games you got, yep. well, you got you five got games left and then you get off till october november whenever the nba starts again so so we'll go see. bucks yeah cheer loud in other, in other uh, related news, not unrelated news. It's unrelated. Unrelated news. Wheat harvest has begun in the great state of Wisconsin. So here are some pre- preliminary numbers that are not super encouraging, but we're combining wheat, and it is July 9th. So I can't say I'm super upset about that because we're going to have a big window to do all sorts of fun stuff once the wheat's off, haul manure, cover crops, alfalfa seeding. Yeah, listen to last week's episode if you want to... Yep. Learn more of what you could be doing. One of the things we left off that I have heard discussions of, which this year it's funny that it's a topic, but uh, tiling. We do oh, yeah. window for tiling now. We didn't talk about that last week. Good point. I'm not sure that tile is going to be a big seller after this. After when we got dry. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely. But, and how much tile's gone in fields in the past. But in the last you're right. Years, we, the window yep. to tile will be a very good one. Because at this point, you could, you could haul manure tile and plant Cover. alfalfa still <laughs> yeah right I mean, right as as much of a window as we're gonna have here because we can plant alfalfa till what day todd august 10th so we got a on, full month yeah i mean depending on today. where you are too further south you could go a little sure. bit later but yeah sure yeah hopefully we that dry period max is right we're still getting preliminary yields in we don't quite know where it's going to sort out it looks promising but that dry spell that we did have really shrunk down right at a critical time for wheat for test weight and just pumping up those seeds. Some of those heads look like they're decent size lengthwise. They're okay. They were never huge though this year. And then when you shell them and you see the actual grain in your hand, you realize, yeah, it's a little on the... You can just tell it's not quite that that bin buster 120 bushel stuff. So I guess tempered expectations going into... I think there's going to be some varieties, depending when they flower, depending on their hardiness through that, that do really well. It might... It, my only concern, it might have been just long enough of a dry period that it doesn't matter if you were early or late yeah, flowering, because it was you, 30 days, Yep, It was like almost days, a full cutting of alfalfa right... No rain. Right when... And we also went from excessive moisture in some of that early on, or where True. it had enough. True. But, so. yes, it was... Yeah, I was talking with a grower this week, and they had a big, you know, kind of hole where the weed had drowned out, and they they were asking me how did we end up with a drown, drown out? out still, yeah. it's amazing what right. Mother Nature can still right. do. So couldn't believe it, could not believe it. So any preliminary on the wheat straw? 
how that's going. I mean, in general, the straw looks good. I, I don't, it might be a little bit dirty of straw just because of how dry it got and some of that kind of disease came in and that uh, black stuff. So far, what I've seen and heard is there's no straw coming off because it's been pretty wet this week. So even if sure. they got combining, it did get rained it, on. It got all, yeah. I know Monday, not Monday. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday there were some combines rolling, then it rained Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. And almost into Thursday a little bit. So not great straw-making weather this week. But, hey, if you got the weed off, good for you. We can, we can worry about straw tomorrow. Right, right. So are you ready, ready to move on here, Todd? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So our topic for today, our big, big uh, question, big answer for this week, where are we at on GDUs? There's the, the GDU, GDU song. Horn. So it's a GDU alert, and it's been so warm, we're cooling off this week, so we thought it'd be a good time to talk GDUs. Where are we at? You know, July 4th is always a good one with the people taking pictures of their kids next to corner, whoever, and put them on knee, Facebook. Knee high by the 4th of July, yeah, right? Right. So just a good time to see, okay, middle of the year, are we ahead, behind, how far ahead, how far behind? What what do we got to do to to manage differently through the, the GDUs this year? So I will say of all the questions I get asked in a week, this week, the biggest one I got was, are we ahead or behind from last year? And it seemed like, it feels like we're ahead. So guys thought we're way ahead, but that's why we wanted to look at the numbers to see, are we way ahead? Or are we just kind of ahead a little bit? And and the thing is that I, or the reason this question comes up about this time of year every year is, okay, we're getting close to tassel. And then that first combine rolls on wheat. It's like, okay, we're, we're at harvest yep. season. Even though usually from combining wheat <laughs> to actual chopping is 45 days yeah right this year it's going to be more which is crazy like you say you're right they see combines rolling and you you start thinking like whoa corn's corn silage is next hey we're going to make one more hay crop and then we're going to chop a corn silage like yeah that that, those days start to condense really quick so um definitely a big question this week the other part to think about specifically corn is once it does tassel gdu's it's still determined by that but it's less important if that makes sense um, it's the Giddy. it needs that heat ahead of time to get it to tassel. Once you get it there, it's more of a it's less GDU dependent to get it to maturity. Right. So, you know, thinking about that way too is as we're going to be tasseling here in a week or two to three weeks, depending where you're at. That then after that GDUs become less important. It's just getting us to this spot really helps. The max out days don't matter near as much after tassel. Correct. And, and like the, and the days like we had yesterday where it was only fifty eight for uh, high. And some of it while you're pollinating, those are great. You yeah, know, to have awesome. it a little cooler and stuff. So hopefully, and I don't think we want. I don't want to comment on the weather because now that I know the power of the Tilt Talk Radio weather talks, that when we talked about drought, it rained for two weeks straight. Yep. That I I will not comment on which way, but that having it cool during pollination would be great. I think yep. that would really, I mean, like we just talked with wheat, having a drought during kernel fill is not good. And having too hot during pollination really affects us. So hopefully we can catch, you know, we want GDUs, but there's times where it's okay to be a little bit cooler. Yeah, the greatest agronomist I ever knew, Todd, he always gave yeah. me the same advice. The big JP. The big JP, it all comes out average in the end. He he so. he would say that a lot, actually, and, and he was right because obviously, why otherwise would how would there be an average unless yep. it all came out? It all but comes out average would, in the end. Yeah. So yeah, 
basically you can't get too nervous about what the weather is going to do because you can't control it anyway. So we can we can do our best to mitigate the weather, but we can't control it. So I guess we'll start. We'll, we'll run through some numbers here. Uh, at the Tilth World headquarters in Seymour, I actually use the exact address for the All right. for the office here. Uh, to date, we are at 1,087 GDUs. Our normal is 968. That puts us 119 GDUs above normal. And our 14-day outlook puts us at 1411. Wow. So what 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 is it to uh, to black layer? I mean, there's some corn varieties, depending on your day length, you're, you could be that, that 2,200 GDUs to black layer. So, yeah, I mean, that puts us at a really, you know, you're a third of the way there over that so yeah yeah you're, you're in flying. two weeks so so yeah that's that's good you're flying i when i ran the gdu calculator i ran it on 70 day relative maturity yeah. corn and we should have we should have been soaking last week on so that was nice. that was crazy <laughs> to like think about because what, what day did you start uh may 1st okay may 1st which uh, when we did the update a month or so ago we also used may 1st so and we did steal some GDUs before that, I think. Oh, yeah, so. there was. And depending, I mean, say you did plant April 20th, this is going to be different. I, I remember us talking then of why May 1st, and it was, well, that was about when a lot of guys were going, and it kind of made sense. So so if you're later, if you're, you know, the middle of May, it's going to be different. Or if you're middle of April, it, this is going to be different. So just use that as a, I mean, you still are probably going to be above normal less, but obviously planted earlier, you're going to be way above normal. Well, in... So April 20th, yeah, we had some nice weather then, but from April 28th to yeah. May 10th, it was all like zeros on GDU yes, uptake. Yes, so Yep. It really right. doesn't matter much more than May 1st because it, we weren't getting anything for that kind of two-week window there. So Yeah, good point. Anyway, I get, and then we'll go to our, our northern northernmost uh, GDU rating or reading is uh, Kribitz. To date, they're at 1065. The normal is 840. That puts them 225 units above normal, and their 14-day outlook is 1371. So, so they're way, I mean, they're double above normal is what we are. Wow. So up there when they start, where they really do start planting that 90-day corn for silage, yeah, they're flying. Right. They're flying. So choppers, to me, choppers are going to roll really consistently. Everybody's going to start close to the same day, and it's going to be chaos there for a couple weeks no that's very true max is looking at how we planted how we got our day length spread out that if you didn't think it through when you were planting you you're you're gonna have a tight window to chop and custom guys especially are gonna have a lot of farms ready at once well 100 and, and 107 day corn in in sun prairie and 95 day corn in crivets at this point if they were planted on the same day are probably going to be ready on the same day i mean that that's all that's all how much these GDUs are actually ahead. Yeah. So let's talk Sun Prairie. That's your next one. Yep. Sun Prairie. So to date, we are at 1214 in Sun Prairie. That's uh, the normal is 984. We're plus 230 on GDUs. And uh, our, their 14 day outlook is 1546. <sighs> so they were always ahead last year, too. If you It's just that. warmer down there. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, even of their normal, it, it, it blows me away how it feels like, like this year feels above normal. But it didn't wouldn't feel like down south is twice above normal than what we are. You know, maybe it's uh, Sun Prairie, close to the big city of Madison. That, that's a hot spot. Uh, if you listen to some geographers <laughs> and some, say, stuff like that, there is. Uh, you don't get the name Sun with Prairie correct. unless it's. There I mean, is, I think they're. 
they're living the good life there. there a lot of sunny there is days. Some, and... some belief that proximity to the city can affect your yeah, sure your your heat or your cold or your rain or all that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying that's what it is, but definitely a possibility, right? Right. Um. But yeah, they're uh, corn's flying down there. I've been in the in the general vicinity a couple times or every week, and uh, corn's flying down there. So a lot of things be tasseling today in a lot of places. Yeah. So wow. sweet. Got some. I saw some tassels. Started seeing tassels on uh, Monday, Tuesday this week. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Pretty exciting. That was um when I when I you know started talking fungicide on BMR corn this week. It was a lot of big size. Like oh man, I can't believe we're there already. So. This is one of my favorite times of year where you pull the whirl out and then count the leaves to yep, tassel. I love doing that. And, yeah, it just always amazes me how certain corn, you're like, oh, that'll tassel soon. And you pull and it's like three or four leaves that go yet on, a say, a really silage corn that gets super tall. And then you get a grain short day and it'll be, you know, almost there. And you get excited of, wow, it's just crazy that it's almost already ready. Right. No, it's definitely there's a... There's a lot of things to uh, a lot of things to be excited about this week. Um, so we're ahead of last year. Obviously, if we're we're uh, 119 units above normal, we're we're definitely ahead of last year. Um, are we going to be chopping before September 1st, Todd? You want to put your stamp? Are we going to wager? Are we betting? I know that I will be chopping before. September yeah, that's 1st. true. There's going to be spots so for I'm sure. Not, yeah, I, that's I mean, a good we point. can, but no, and that's a tricky thing. Is there's definitely going to be some fields, some farms ready at that time. There still was even this year with early plantings. There was still guys that were planting 85 day silage so that they could chop in August. Yeah, because early. hey, this bunker is going to get empty, or we just want to do some early because we want to haul manure. That kind of stuff still went on. Uh, I think the bulk of acres we will still start before september 1st the the main thing to look at here so uw research and university of michigan research shows it's about 42 to 47 days after silking so it's not necessarily when the the tassel but you know you got silks out and it's silking which is how far apart is is they're close i mean they're you well they better be closer you got a problem Um, so yeah, so you got that 45 days is always what we say. So, I mean, just doing, I can read a calendar that says, yes, we will be ready with some. And if, if there's, you know, tasseling now and there's a certain amount of fields, I have, I would struggle to say that much. I do think I got enough. That'll be kind of that first week of September, middle of September. One way or the other, September 1st is going to be a big day. It, it's yeah. It's one thing to think about with, with hay harvest as well is just how out of whack you know second crop harvest got because of all the rain that i've got people that harvested three weeks ago second crop and i've got people that heart you know are still harvesting now so yeah I got, you know planning I got some, out that fourth or third cutting late and if we got corn silage early it, it butts up with that so. i had some third crop in the bunker by sunday night third crop and second nice. crop getting knocked down monday morning yeah <laughs> yeah the same so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of variables there. But, it, but it's something to think about of, like, how do you time out your next cuttings to I, make sure you're planning around corn silage? I actually was really impressed this week. I had uh, two different growers approach me and say, hey, what do you think about stretching these next cuttings? Because I'm looking yeah. at the camp. And I was like, wow. Good. That, that was is awesome. good. I was like, that's really, that was really nice. Like, hey, we're on top of it. So yeah. I like that. It was uh, rather than me have to go and, you know be the bearer of bad news hey guys we're gonna run into some issues here right They're, they already knew so that was nice it was a real nice real nice surprise so one one thing you should always especially because you can see it driving by 
is to write down the silking date, the tasseling. So, you know, like you can, you can see it as you're driving by these fields, write it down because that helps so much when we get to doing burn downs and trying to guess, you know, which cornfield will be ready first. It, it has a lot to do with this timing. So yep. that's one thing to, as you're driving around and you see that pop on certain days, especially, I mean, enough of these fields, farmers are by, you know, every couple of days or whatever. And just writing that down helps a tremendous amount. Can you, can you explain what you consider tasseling? Is it seeing one I, tassel? Or? True. And, and this year too, you're going to see uneven tasseling, which we see every year, but that's a good question. I almost say I want almost every tassel to be out. Then I feel we hit the silking timing. Um, that that would be what I would kind of base it off of is I want every tassel to be out. Not when I see that first one. I don't care about that. I want it when they're, you know, I mean, obviously you could use a 50% mark, but to me, to be truly silking, every tassel is going to be pretty much on unless it's very uneven. While but, we're on the tassel, tassel discussion, what... what are we tassel. talking tassel or tassel or what? tassel? <laughs> tassel, please. All right. What what tassel uh, mark do you use for fungicide application? Yeah, and I and I there's a lot of there there is not a really a no wrong because sometimes to this. you can go past. I think for this year, especially how humid it was on what was that around July fifth or sixth? Yep. Holy man, it was humid, and I think that's going to push some diseases along. Um, now we've cooled down, not as humid. So that makes me a little less nervous about, but if we get humid again, I would be pushing to go on the early side. You know, when you got tassels out, you're going, but you can go up to, yeah, R1, which would be full silk. Yeah. And, and, and depending on, depending on, um, products here, I kind of aim for that 10%. When you, about well, 10% of the tassels are out, you should call. Yes. By the time point, you yeah. get to 50%, <laughs> hopefully they're there. They're, they're 50. going. And then yep. from 50 to a hundred, they should be able to get it done and that's yeah. kind of the way i tried to balance it so it doesn't always work like that but that's the way i tried to target it what is nice with that timing is it's not so critical as like a winter wheat head scab fungicide application that's got yeah. four days is you do have a window but max is right be have a plan ready for and these when that happens these new products give us windows that are so great i even even what i think five years ago um the the timing windows on the products were a lot smaller than they are now you know there's some products out there that anytime the corn's over four feet tall up through right so no, i've got enough fungicide we already did at that v8 to v10 stage did, i and, had a bunch done already yeah and we're talking about maybe doing a second okay. second shot just to make you know we want to make sure but yep um either way it's it, it's nice having these huge windows and it gives us a lot of options so good all right you ready yeah we move into our spotlight segment i say i'm ready and then i don't i don't have the music queued up here it is matt's not here to give me crap when i'm slow at the music so for our spotlight this week uh, we have an article here from AgWeb. Drought conditions expand in the upper Midwest. This is uh, released July 8th, 2021, and the readings are from actually July 6th. Which blows me away because in a lot of areas, we got, you know, in a lot of Wisconsin, got a lot of rain. So just to see that that, that this drought monitor did show sort of progress that it got worse in some areas is is pretty pretty amazing one thing i did like what they did in this article is they overlaid the areas in drought with um corn acres and it says approximately 38 percent of corn production is within an area experiencing drought 
and where it shows is a lot of Minnesota, um, the Dakotas, and Iowa, and then like southern Wisconsin, um, which, yeah, we know isn't maybe in like severe drought, but it's in a drought area. And then out of soybeans, it's 33% of the soybean production is within an area experiencing drought. Kind of those same areas I just described. So the it is interesting, too, to think it's like, well, it doesn't matter how many people are experiencing drought. It's how much soybeans and corn are experiencing drought. And it is about that third, you know, a third of that is experiencing that. I'm actually not that surprised at this graph here. I'm not, or this uh, chart. Because, yeah, we got, I think at my house, we got I, close to seven inches in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, yes. And I was walking cornfields within five miles here yesterday. And you know what I saw? Plants that still don't. I, we're, we're still not ahead of normal no, rainfall. And, and not that that means we're, we're definitely not experiencing a drought. But we're lower in moisture. And, Max, what's hard about weather is you just see what happened to you. You don't, a state away, it's way right. different. Well, you know, even I, the way I've been trying to describe it is you're not in a drought, but your plants are upright. Yeah. You tell your plants are, they're on. What is good is these new genetic, like out of that 38% of corn experiencing drought, corn today does very well through drought. Yep. And I don't know what stage all that corn's at. I don't know where it's sitting, but in general, it does fine. Yeah. So corn does still look pretty good around here, but I know, um, and we'll, we can talk about this later too, but I know like the Dakotas, things are getting pretty, pretty sad out there. And yeah. Western Minnesota is starting to really. No, they're into this, like what you'd call like moderate to severe drought range. Yep. And so, yeah, that, that's. There's parts of North Dakota that are the same as Nevada and New Mexico. So Oof. Oof. in the, in the drought monitor. Yeah. Woof. So that's not usually a great sign. Yeah. Good, so. good resource. Droughtmonitor.unl.edu. And um, just, like I said, helpful map to see, you know, you know what area you're in and like where we are, it is none. We are not in any drought. No, we're in abnormally dry. In our specific area, I'm saying, but like close to us, it's in this abnormally dry. But us right now, no. So, okay, you're right. Now that it just popped, I got it cycling through different dates and now it's said for... Yeah, yeah, know, we're we're just barely in the abnormally dry, not by yeah. much, but so. But hey, two days without rain and ninety degrees, and we would be right back. In well, the, and, and that's everybody. Corn uptake of moisture right now is at its peak. I mean, it's going to be sucking up at least an inch a week, and that's not counting, you know, what you have from evaporative and, loss or transpiration <laughs> loss. And just because we got seven inches in I, a week, that does not mean we can go seven weeks well, without water. Right, and it doesn't mean we filled that, you know. Right. We're Unfortunately, not. some of that, the way it came this time, you know, hopefully your infiltration's good because then it went down. But if it's not, you 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 didn't get all of that. We had big enough cracks in the soil. I think yeah, a lot that of it made its yeah, way down. That helps. I mean, I, that's kind of a sad sad way to put it, but that's that's the truth. We had some pretty big cracks. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, cool cool map. Not super inviting. You know, seeing some of that, but no, definitely the, definitely a cool resource to use. And with that, we'll move into our Egg History Minute. Our Egg History Minute today is the Agriculture Adjustment Act. The Agriculture Adjustment Act was a federal law passed in 1933 as part of U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. The law offered farmers subsidies in exchange for, their limit- in exchange for limiting their production of a certain crop. The subsidies were meant to limit overproduction so that crop prices could increase. 
After the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the Agriculture Adjustment Act in January 1936, a slightly modified version was later passed into law in 1938. The program was largely successful at raising crop prices. So this is this is coming off coming off the Dust Bowl, not very far off the Dust Bowl. So agriculture is in a pretty tough time. So very helpful that way. How co- did it say why the U.S. Supreme Court struck it down? Was it I? I mean, it's obviously got to be unconstitutional for them to rule that. I would assume. I would assume it was like almost any other uh, bill or thing like that that gets sent in that. 90% of it is good and has good intentions, and then there's, like, three things on the back they throw yeah, in sure. that really have nothing that, to, that do with. to do with that. Yeah. If you have not, if you have not seen uh, Schoolhouse well, Rock, the it, Well, episode, and like it says, slightly modified version, so obvious was passed, so obviously yeah. they took out the... Hey, hey the, we want to pass this so we can grow better crops and also let these three guys out of jail that did a bunch of bad... <laughs> like, it's that kind of stuff that gets thrown in that, you know. But anyway, so it was passed. It was successful. Yeah, when even when people talk subsidies for farmers, this started this is over almost not a hundred years ago. I mean, we're talking eighty, ninety years ago when when that started. So that's most of all the you know most farmers' lifetime. No, nobody's talking I, I, subsidies this summer, Todd. No, but what I'm saying is farmers seem to get a bad rap for subsidies, and it's like, well, they've been doing this for a long right. time. Yeah, these they, new, I mean, these new farmers they don't work hard; they need subsidies yeah, to survive. No, it's like, and it's like, well, so. It's Obviously, not true. yeah, yeah, right. not necessarily true, but they've been around a while. So, cool. good if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast, and even more importantly, just tell a farmer friend, uh, tell them how they might be like, What's a podcast? and you're gonna be like, It's radio for your phone, it's better, it can follow you anywhere. You're not gonna have fuzzy signal when you get out of range of Y100 or the Duke, it's always there. There's 5G internet everywhere now, so I mean, you can just we got four or five G on your phones, mostly in limited internet. Why not? This is perfect. So, search, 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 tilt talk radio. That's like if you if I added search and tilt, I got silch. No, you I still, that's still not <laughs> right. right. Search tilt talk radio in Apple Podcasts, and that's really easy on an Apple phone to get on Android. It's a little tougher, but I use Android. Still like Android. I use Podcast Addict. As my podcast player, there's also Podbean, Player FM, or CastBox that are also good players. There's also the option to listen on your smartphone browser or a computer browser. Go to tiltegg.com slash podcasts to find there. And if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, go to handle at Tilth Talk Radio. Awesome. And now we're going to move into our new segment. All right. This is our new segment, so it's called corn picking. So we're gonna give two different things, and you got to pick one. Okay. All right. So all it's, right. It's it's like either or, and they're both usually good. Yeah. They're so, so our, our first one here is actually I'm gonna explain this one a little bit because if you're not a big internet person, you may not fully understand where some of this comes from. Are you a big internet person? I am, I am big, not. Huge Twitter. Okay. Twitter. Uh, anyway, so there's two companies that are Wisconsin based. That don't even compete really in the same space, but no. they kind of do. And if you had to pick one to keep in Wisconsin forever, okay, Culver's or Quick Trip? I mean, Culver's. You got the the frozen custard. You got butter burgers. You got everything that's good about the cheese curds. Like it just imbibes Wisconsin. But Quick Trip, like cleanest bathrooms ever. Milk that's easy to get to, and like. Just right there, 
people are nice. I, I would go quick trip on that one if I had to pick Max all day. I saw the way I had to do it was because they both I patronize patronize. Is that the word? It's the word, but it sounds like you're being yeah. mean to them. So oh that too. I, I patronize use, I think patronize. is the mean way, but patronize, patronize. Is the I, good? I'm a I had use my patronage yes. at both these uh places quite often. And what I had to do was take myself out of the state of Wisconsin and decide if there's something else that could replace it from outside All right, the state. I like where you're going. Uh, you cannot replace Culver's. <laughs> there's no... You can replace... Okay. Uh, people are not going to like this. No, you're right, though. Casey's. Like Casey's General Casey's Stores. Casey's does a good job. Yep. There's one in Watoma. It's pretty decent. Yep. Yeah, like, I mean, you're right. Casey's does a good job. Uh, Holiday... Like a I mean, real holiday yeah. station, they do a real holiday station. Was the bar that low of Wisconsin gas stations that Quick Trip just had to like not suck? Well, you you basically have three gas stations in Wisconsin. You got a Quick Trip. Yep. Then you got some place that's just a total dump. Yep. And then you have gas station that also sells guns. Those are your Those three are your different three options. So <laughs> the one in the middle, the just crappy one, we don't need. The ones that sell guns, we got to keep those around, and and I I would like to keep Quick Trip, but if I had to pick, I would rather have. Culver's. No, you're right though. And outside of Wisconsin, there's no replacement for Culver's. I mean, there's well the Culver's that they build in other states. You're right though. There is no other sort of fast food. And I like I like Steak like, and Shake, but it's not Culver's. No, it's not. I like uh, Shake Shack. Nah, it's no. not Culver's. I've never been to In and Out or Whataburger, so I don't know. But okay, good point. And I I also have not. But I'm just been... gonna I'm just gonna say I'd rather. Have Especially Culver's. the amount of Culver's growth outside of Wisconsin is just look how much, I mean, look how much more Culver's has done out of state than Whataburger has outside of their, you know, right original right that kind of stuff. Just look at that, and I think you'll you'll understand why Culver's is what it is. All so right. right now now not far away from Culver's versus Quick Trip. We got custard or ice cream. Ooh, I go ice cream. I gotta go ice cream. Too. I do. I it just it's, it's to be honest, I don't even know the difference. But it's the novelty treats. That's what does it. The ice cream okay. novelties. The the sandwiches. Oh the, yeah, ice cream bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. that kind drumsticks. of drumsticks. They don't make custard sandwiches. No, you're right. So if I gotta give up all that, I just can't do it. No, you're right. You go ice cream. A all malt day that's made with ice cream, not with custard, man. You could you could make these things with custard, but is the definition of custard that different that it doesn't do well not fresh? Yeah, I want. I mean, I'll say this: the the Culver's pints to go are not as good as. Oh the fresh right, one. you're right. I mean, they're okay, but they're definitely not. They don't free. They don't freeze and set up as well as uh, ice cream ice cream does. So I I would have to say I need the ice cream to yep. stay. Like you said, a lot of these there's two good ones, so it's not. No, that, that's yeah. Now this one, this one, uh, I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to leave this one up to you quite a bit because I don't have a huge opinion on this. But uh, do you like your tractor's one sixteenth scale or one sixty fourth scale? Ooh, okay. The one sixteenth versus one sixty fourth is the debate that, like, to me, I like them both so much because one sixteenth is like collector. I mean, all they're expensive. Like as, like, I never got to play with those very much as a kid. You had maybe a couple. But not not a lot. Or one sixty fourth, you had like the full farm set. You could get everything in that. You could have you know for under a hundred bucks. Right, right for at a reasonable. Or you could ask for your birthday as a kid, and you yep. could actually get it. So to me, like as I get older, and I don't collect, but you see more of the collecting part. I get the one sixteenth, but I'm going one sixty fourth because, like as a kid, you could play with it. I mean, like you carpet farmed with that, like hardcore all day. I buried a lot of 164th IH tractors in the sandbox. Yeah. A lot of them. And I kick myself now because we had some sweet, like, real steel 
164 tractors that just became playground toys (laughs) that would probably be worth something now if we still had them but hey that's all right so yeah i'm gonna have to side with you on that one too do you know what the worst is is like when you get something that's not those scales like like a i don't know i I forgot what i think it was one eighth one time i seen and like different like in the mid one thirty second, there's one thirty seconds. Second, yeah. yeah, and those, those are, are like, weird. yeah, they're just like and what, you, and, what? And like you I'm, don't really know why, but you just know it's not right. Right. No, look at and it's still obviously to scale, like it's scaled down, but it just you need it either like really small or the one like or just too big for you to play with. Yeah, like it's but the one thirty seconds just weird. Like I just and you'd wonder too is like equipment got bigger. You know which scale like if like. Like we had an Alice Chalmers WD-45-164 scale, and it was tiny, you know, because it's a small tractor. Whereas when you get a 164th of a normal current tractor, they're like perfect size. But, yeah, like like I said, the weird other scales I just we hate. Do, we do have when well, my grandpa has a 116th Alice Chalmers 185, which nice. is the only, far, the only tractor we kept. Cab or no cab? No cab. Come on, man. No, right. No cab. The only tractor we no, have all, left from all, the farm. So that one, uh, that's a one sixteenth, but that sits on the mantle, right? And doesn't get you. That does not. You won't There's touch. plenty of tractors to play with at his house. That is not the one, man. You don't touch that one. All the rest are in the basement in a box. That one's on the mantle in the living <laughs> room. So, um, all right, red or green, Todd? You're gonna make me say red or green. I'm gonna. You're gonna piss off half our audience by picking one of these you can, colors. You can really piss them all off and say I orange. Would, I would pick orange. Alice Chalmers all day. I, like just. For going old school, they were a fun tractor. Nostalgia. Yes, that yes. 185 is might be one of the worst tractors ever made. But oh, you had the hand clutch though, high low. They were they were ahead of their time. The live clutch man. They were ahead of their time. Built a lot of hay with a 200 the, series. The 185 with the live clutch. Throw it on or the live PTO. You, throw it on. The, yeah. Throw it on the blower, man. Let that thing. Yeah. Lock. Let it eat. Yeah. I yeah. I you know what's harder with the red or green right now is they're both good and they're both bad <laughs> to, I, it, to be honest i do get asked by certain you know custom guys or farms or whatever and what i what i really say is when i tell you to go out and chop corn or chop hay or work ground i want whatever's gonna start yeah so if it's a green one great Girl if it's a red it. one great i remember doing a plot one time and we had two green combines and they both broke down and the john deere guy came to fix them and i asked and we had been at the plot for like eight hours yeah. And I was like, how long till you can paint these red and get them going again? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that funny to him, but to me, after eight hours of standing there looking at broken combines, I was pretty happy. But, was, but it, that's what funny. sucks, because I don't care the paint color. It breaks. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a bad day. It, it's a, yes. And it was so much of our job is time-sensitive stuff right. that we don't... Right, we just want something that works. And and obviously, a lot of that comes down to the service at the dealership level that's near you and and your relationship with that person. So, yeah, I'm I'm... I'll go. I'm sticking orange, but yeah, yeah. orange and lot, I get a lot of crap for that. The orange tractor, but the nostalgia of the orange tractor for me is what does it. It's not really that I think they're the greatest tractors. No, I'm with you that way too. It's, it's just, more of a heart than a head head topic. Yeah. There. So we'll we'll throw one more in here. Um, you like your curds battered or breaded? What's the difference? So Culver's would be like a breaded curd. Um, bat- What's the state fair one or battered. the county fair? Those be yeah. like battered. Yeah, for sure battered. Yeah, then. battered, like the beer batter curds. Yeah. Yep, those are the ones. I tried, ma- like, I got one of those air fryers now, the Ninja air fryer thing. Those are cool. I'm like, this is sweet. Tried making battered curds in their total mistake. Did not work at all. Cheese, so it, cheese it ain't easy, man. No. So that, like, 
Battered is impressive if people can pull that off and make them good. And yeah, there's a, there's a very special technique to it. But I I do have to agree, a battered curd wins my heart every time. Breaded are good, but they're not the same. Like they don't like, they're, yeah, they're not the same. They don't seem to melt inside as much. Right. On the- no, you can still bite in and see curd in general in the yeah. battered ones. I I really like. Uh, I really like battered curds. Does, does anywhere besides a county fair have battered curds? Yeah, I mean, you can go on. Um, like, where are you finding that? I'm trying to think where else they have battered curds. Like, why doesn't Culver's should have battered curds? They should. Uh, if you buy Redwood Farms Frozen from uh, okay. the grocery store, they have battered. They have battered curds. Those are do my you think favorite. those will work in an air fryer? Oh, yeah, they do. I, that, we buy them all the time. Nice. They're my favorite. A lot what? of trial and error on... Uh, Hold on, I'm writing this down. What's the name Red, of it? Redwood Farms Red. beer battered curds. So they also make a breaded cheese nugget, which is not the same. You got to go beer battered curds okay. from Redwood Farms. So, anyway, I said that would be the last one. I'm gonna leave that to be the last one. That way, we got some more of this or that on the next. All right. The next time we do corn picking, um, but I like the segment, Todd. Good. You good like job. this one? Yeah, I, I do. I could, it took me a while to figure a name because I'm like, you're you're picking two things. Corn and, picking. Yeah, that's that's all. Good. I like it. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up there for today. Thanks for being here, Todd. Yeah, good talking to you, Max. We had a good chance to talk about the Bucks in the finals, the GDUs where we're at this year, the Agriculture Adjustment Act of 1933. Uh, in corn picking, we talked about some of our favorite stuff. And uh, we'll leave you off there for this week. I don't want to steal Matt's tagline, so I'm just going to sign off with my own. Thanks for being with us, guys. Have a great week.